0: Please welcome to the Apple Store Covent Garden in London, tonight's host, Paul McAvoy. Hey everybody, how
1: are you? You okay? First of all, is anybody coming for the screening of Cooties later? Is anybody? Yeah, good. We won't reveal, we'll, we'll be non-spoiler-ish with the interview then. Um, okay, first of all, here comes the trailer for Cooties <laughs>
0: Sorry, didn't see that.
1: Well, maybe you should take in your surroundings more.
0: Yeah. You are so ugly.
1: You look like you got chicken pox. If chicken pox is made out of hemorrhoids, you, you listening to me? <laughs> what are you sick or something? Oh look! Carnage! <laughs> you can't eat the teachers, man! <laughs>
0: What's going on. That girl Shelly has foodies. He's right. This is a foodborne virus. Chicken nuggets. Virus is only dangerous if you haven't gone through puberty. Are you kidding me?
1: At 3 o'clock, the parents will come to pick up their kids. We can signal them for help. We're oh bastards are going to kill us!
0: That's Indiana. That's Ohio. It's an epidemic. Let's roll. Remember that suiting up montage in every action film? This is that scene. Are we ready? Ready. Ready. I'm gay. Ready. 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 Oh, I knew it. it!
1: Now, I can't wait for you all to see that movie. Cooties is such a lot of fun. comes out on 12th of October from Universal on DVD and Blu-ray. Please welcome the star, the producer of Cooties, Mr. Elijah Wood. Hello, y'all. So, Elijah, before we get to Cooties, tell us how you started out in the industry.
0: Oh, right. Jesus. (laughs) it's like, when were you born? Take us back. Um, I started when I was eight years old. Um, I had been living in Iowa. I was born in Iowa. And my mom, as the story goes, my mom saw a television commercial uh, one day, and I was five at the time. And she was like, that would be fun for Elijah to do. I had a lot of energy as a child. So she was like, that would be a great outlet for his energy. Um, Anyway, long story short, we ended up in Los Angeles. I met a talent manager there, and he asked me if I wanted to become an actor. I was seven at the time, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds fun." <laughs> um, so we went out to Los Angeles to sort of just try out auditioning to see how it would go during pilot season. And within the first week of uh, first six weeks of auditioning, I got my first job in a Paula Abdul music video. Uh, which, one? which one? Which uh, one? Forever Your Girl, okay. which was actually directed by David Fincher before oh he started making movies. <laughs> I know, really funny. Um, and then I got a small role in a film in Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 2! Yeah, a hell of a first movie to be in, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and I just fell in love with it, you know, like kind of instantly. And I've been doing it ever since.
1: And then it obviously evolved into bigger roles, mm-hmm. didn't it, down the line. So again, take us through how that you know, emerged and how that evolved.
0: Yeah, I guess the first um, relatively significant role I had in the movie was in Barry Levinson's Avalon. Um, and, you know, I was eight at the time and the, the sort of responsibility of playing that character wasn't lost to me and somehow I had this sense of understanding that responsibility and, and portraying a character. And I think from there as I got older, because I never went to school for it, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to acting school um i didn't really have a trainer so m- my experience was always learning as i was going kind of um with mixed with a, I i guess an, in, an intuition it's so funny to think about it now because i you know i, I infuse my thoughts as an adult into what i must have been thinking then <laughs> um, i can't really tell you what i was thinking beyond The fact that I had an understanding of what it was that I was doing and and really loved it. And the older I got, the more passionate about it I became. Um, And I think as I I delved into my teens, a real turning point for me was a movie by Ang Lee called The Ice Storm. um, Which provided an, an opportunity to an approach that was more... I don't know. It, um, it was more all-inclusive in a way than I'd ever experienced. There was a, a real, like, long. It was like a week-long rehearsal period. Each of the actors were given um, packets of information about the '70s to sort of familiarize theirsel- the, themselves with the time. Each actor was given a questionnaire for their characters to fill out, which was just so interesting. And it, delving into a role and to an experience in a in a far more um, detailed way than I had before made a real impression on me. So I think that that provided a, a turning point from the way that I looked at acting, but also, I think, in f- filmmaking in general.
1: You've also been involved in so many great genre films over the years, everything from, obviously, The Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit, and The Faculty, mm-hmm. Sin City. Uh, Grand Piano, Maniac. Yeah. Incredible. Is that something that's always been a passion of yours?
0: I guess it has. I mean, I... I love genre cinema. I always have. I grew up loving horror films. Some of my earliest memories of watching movies are of watching horror films. <laughs> um, what, what were the ones that really kind of sparked your early ones would have early been interest. Gremlins, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Okay. <laughs> Written by Mike DeLuca, I think, that one. Um, really, that was a big one for me. A really big one is... A lesser-known film called truth or dare a critical madness you've pro- no oh it was a direct-to-vhs horror film you know the 80s was populated by direct-to-vhs horror and genre and this is one of them and i saw it when i was probably like six or seven years old because my brother is seven years older than me so i always benefited from that Because he would rent movies with his friends and then bring them home, show them to me unbeknownst to my mom. So I had this really wonderful horror education, (laughs) despite the fact that I wasn't supposed to. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I've always been attracted to genre. And as far as... it's, It's funny. I think with those films, Maniac or Sin City, there's always a little bit of an organic reason for it as well, despite the fact that I love genre. Like, Sin City, I I was just such a huge fan of of Frank Miller's graphic novels and loved working with Rodriguez, so that, like, the synergy of that and getting a chance to occupy a space within that world that Frank Miller had created was just an awesome opportunity. And to play a cannibalistic killer was awesome. Um, And then with Maniac, it was, for me, as much as it was exciting to play a villain in the context of a horror film, I don't really like remakes, but what was really fascinating about that film was that it was really taking a different approach and making it a POV film. And so for me as an actor, the opportunity to play a character that you rarely see was terribly exciting and created an opportunity for an approach that was so different from anything I'd ever done before. Um, largely, it was voiced o- voiceover, and I was on set all the time, but not on camera. It was just an how, interesting... How many, you
1: seen, how many of you have seen Maniac, the remake of Maniac? So there's a few. Yeah, you should check it out. It's a hardcore
0: movie, it's hard, isn't it? It, it is really hardcore. Yeah, it doesn't brutal. really... Um, it doesn't pull any punches in regards to the graphic violence, but I also find that movie to be very beautiful. Yeah. Um, it manages to be both, you know, from the grindhouse sort of realm, but with a really sort of cinematic, beautiful approach so, from
1: the acting, how did you get into producing with the Spectavision company?
0: Yeah, so I guess you know, having acted for as long as I have, I I, um, I, I think really since my twenties, I've become. I just love the process of making movies. I love cinema. I have been a part of that process for twenty six, twenty seven years. So. I love every aspect of it and I think for a while, especially as I got into my 20s, I started thinking about wanting to be a part of filmmaking from a different angle and to facilitate filmmakers that I really loved and to, to facilitate stories that I wanted to see get made. So that had been like bouncing in my head for a while, be it directing or producing. And I met my producing partners, Josh and Daniel, on another project entirely, that, something that Daniel was going to write, or had written, and that Josh was going to direct. And we were constantly meeting about this project. which was like a, a comedy. It wasn't a horror movie at all. Um, and we realized that, we had, A, we became really close friends. And then, B, we realized we had this shared, mutual love of horror and genre film. And it all just kind of organically came together for me. It sort of clicked, like, this is what I want to do. It was, it was about five to six years ago. So if you imagine, like, I think we're kind of in a pretty amazing time right now for genre and horror, um, internationally and within the un- United States. But at the time, five to six years ago, especially for the U.S., there, it didn't seem like it was a, a particular that there was a wellspring of good films being made. There was always an exception, something like Ty West's uh, House of the Devil is ex- extraordinary, but there wasn't like a place where these kinds of films, movies that take their the genre seriously, have a cinematic approach, care about character and story, where a lot of these movies were being made in Europe, things like Let the Right One In or The Orphanage, um, even Martyrs out of, out of France. So. That was, that was kind of our impetus. We were sort of both in love with the genre, but also inspired to create a space that we felt didn't exist. Um, and so that was kind of it.
1: And tell us specifically about the Cooties project.
0: Yeah. How did so, that? So, Cooties yeah. was actually an idea that Josh, my producing partner Josh, had. And it was really early on, like as we were starting the company, or even maybe before we had officially started the company, he had this idea which I freaked out for. He was like, it's a. I have this idea for a movie called Cooties, and it's about zombie children uh, that are only zombified if they haven't gone through puberty. And you're like, that's fucking awesome. And, and A, how has that never been made before? How is there not a movie in the 80s or the 70s, some exploitation comedy called Cooties? Like, that sounds like a trauma movie. You know what I mean? So we were shocked that it had never been done. The idea then got communicated through a mutual friend to Lee L, who created Saw and Insidious. Um, and Lee freaked out for it and wanted to meet us. And so we met with him. And, and our idea for the movie initially, which I find really funny now, is that we wanted to take it really seriously. We wanted to make like a serious horror movie without any comedy. <laughs> called Cooties, <laughs> and we were really inspired by a great Spanish horror movie called Who Can Kill a Child, yeah. I'm sure you know it. It's a great movie, seek it out, it's awesome. Killer children, but um, we sat with Lee, and Lee was like, this is the movie I wanna make, it's a comedy, and we were like, oh, we, we kinda wanted to make a serious horror movie, and he was like, guys, it's called Cooties. <laughs> we're like, oh yeah, it is. And then he, it was his idea to, to co-write it with Ian Brennan, the, the co-creator of Glee. So the two of them spec'd it for us. And tell us a little bit about your character. Clint Hadson. Yeah, he's, a, um, he's an aspiring horror novelist mm-hmm. who probably should pick a better vocation, because he's not very good at it. Um, and it's, it, the movie starts with him sort of... You meet him having returned home from New York City, where he had sort of tried to make it big as a writer and it didn't quite work for him. So he's back in his childhood bedroom, living with his mom. And he's a substitute teacher and so the we sort of see the we meet all of the central characters through Clint's eyes as he goes back to the school that he attended when he was a kid Um, and his friend from when he was a kid Lucy played by Alison Pill is a teacher there as well Um, and you sort of meet all these characters through through Clint
1: was it always your intention to be in the film no
0: Ah. (laughs) not at all yeah not at all Primarily because in starting, in starting SpectreVision, m- my interest was only to produce, and I, I was really conscious of not wanting the label to appear like it was a, a vanity project for me or, or a way that I could provide a conduit for my work as an actor. I really wanted those lines to be relatively separate. Um, I felt very strongly about that, so I was really against the idea of playing a character in the movie. And then I, I, I ultimately was forced, <laughs> kind of. But it would have, in in hindsight, I'm a. I'm really glad I did it. It was so much fun. And in hindsight, like it was pretty silly. I think I was just, you know, I I always come from a place of integrity. So every every decision I make, I I want it, I want it to be the right decision. And I, you know. Ultimately it doesn't matter. I'm really glad I did it. I had a blast, and it would have been such a bummer to miss out on the fun opportunity it for us, it felt like summer camp. you know we shot in July two years ago um at a school in Los Angeles, and we were at that school for four weeks. It was awesome. it was so much fun and to go to set with you know Rain Wilson and nasim Pedrad and Lee like. It was, we were constantly laughing. It was ridiculous.
1: And how did the kids react to all the gore? I bet they loved it. They loved it. Well,
0: yeah, cool. They loved it. It was like Halloween for them every day. They loved it. It was awesome.
1: (laughs) Okay, has anybody out there got any questions for Elijah? Put your hand up if you have. Amanda.
0: Hello. Hey. Hey. Hi, everyone. Um, Just a quick question. Um, Would you have any tips for someone just trying to get into the producing business, trying to make it that way? What would you advise yourself if you were just starting out? Uh, ah, that's a good question. Well, for us, we had no fucking clue what it meant to start a production company. Do you know what I mean? Like, literally, we were super naive. By just calling it a company is, is, is basically how we started. You know what I mean? The three of us got together in in my friend Josh's apartment with, like, some whiskey, and we started talking about the kinds of movies that we wanted to make and sort of, you know, effectively wrote a mission statement for, like, you know, spiritually what what we wanted to try and achieve at its best, and then like a list of the kinds of films that we wanted to explore. That was it. From there, I suppose there are many different ways we could have gone, and our choice, uh, for better or worse, but ultimately for better, was that we decided to just reach out to people in the creative community. So we had a really specific idea of what our company, what the identity of the company was. And that was the jumping off point that then led us to just meet with people in the creative community, writers, directors, um, people that might have this kind of material we were looking for. And our lead-in for them, which I think was really attractive at the time, was do you have a project that is in this sort of horror genre space that you can't get traction with with anyone else, that you're, the studios aren't interested in it, these production companies aren't interested in it, they like it, but it's, they're not willing to take the risk. Those are the projects we want. And that's very exciting to people in the creative community because it's like oftentimes the door is closed on the things that are a little bit weirder or a little bit harder to define. And we were like, if it's hard to define and weird, we want it. So in doing that, it created a kind of a wellspring of, of material really fast. We managed to get, you know, we, we had attached ourselves to probably eight to ten different things within a year and a half to two years, which was pretty extraordinary, because it's really hard to find good material anyway. But by taking that approach, we were able to, to sort of endear ourselves to fellow artists as a safe place and a place that would garner the kinds, you know, support the kinds of things that they that weren't being supported. So that was our approach. The thing we didn't think about was how do we run a business? (laughs) That didn't occur to us. And we're we're now having to like reverse engineer that part. But we we you know we we didn't we did it with no company overhead, with no employees. It was just the three of us. We were like the Lincoln lawyer of of film companies, you know. We just ran it out of like coffee shops and our houses and apartments. So, I don't know if that's advice, but I'm just explaining that's how we that's how we did it without knowing how to do it. We just went completely on instinct and purely from an artistic perspective. And I think that is always going to end up you know, one of the things that is sort of a, a sort of guiding principle for us too is that we're not transactional as producers. And again, this is for better or worse. Often, what I mean by transactional is we're not looking for, we're not looking to check off boxes when we read material. So, most producers, uh, if they're financially minded, which I suppose they should be, uh, will look at a script and they'll check off a, a variety of boxes that they think that that film, if they make it it will succeed and they'll make their money back based on their investment, right? We don't do that (laughs) at all. Um, But what that does for us is that it gives us a a pretty incredible list of of great scripts and really good material. Um, So I would, you know, it's probably terrible advice (laughs) if you want to run a successful company. But that is what works for us. And it's important in terms of our identity that we never think transactionally, that we always have a heart response. And then we try and bend reality to make it work. Is sort of how we operate. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you so much, Cheers. Yeah, yeah. And good luck. Anybody Thanks, else dude. out there? It's difficult for us. See somebody it's like, has anyone seen A Girl Walks Home Alone at night? Yes, she amazing, has. Tom. That's <laughs> a really good example of... Uh, f- in a way, for us, we look at that film as, like, the prime, uh, at its best example of what we want to represent ourselves. And that movie, on, on paper, is a nightmare. <laughs> like, from a, a producing standpoint, looking at that, it's in Farsi. It's in black and white. It's a period film. Um, the, uh, there's a genre element, but it's not really a horror film. It's not really a love story. It's, like... But, man, that film's extraordinary, and we are so proud to be a part of it. And so that, that's a good example. We, we also just produced a movie. You know Jim Hosking, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just produced a movie called The Greasy Strangler. That's yeah. another one of those things. The that, Greasy Strangler. Have you read it? Do, you, do you know the script? <laughs> no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> wow. I, haven't, I have a cut of it to watch. I need to watch. Um, <laughs> but The Greasy Strangler, again, one of those things. On paper, no one would fucking touch that movie. And Aunt Timpson, who you know, Aunt Timpson is a producer friend and he lives in New Zealand. Uh, produced such great things as Deathgasm and uh, what, what's the Haunted House film that was so good? Um, H- Housebound. Housebound. Did anybody see Housebound? Uh, ABCs of Death? You've got Come some, on, you guys. You've got some amazing films to watch. Oh, my someday. God. Yeah, totally. Uh, so Ant contacted me, and he was like, I've got this really ridiculous script from uh, Jim Hosking. You've got to read it. I think it'll be up your alley. And it's so fucked up and so funny. And I was like, we're doing it.
1: <laughs> I think the microphone's there with a lady somewhere. Hey. Hey. Oh, that's really loud. Uh, wow. <laughs> um... You say about how much you love horror films. And my question for you is, would you ever consider writing a horror film or at least co-writing a horror film? And if you did, what would it be about?
0: Ooh, good, good question. Really hard questions, you guys. You're really... It's good. Um, well, I don't really fancy myself a writer. I don't know if I would trust my writing abilities. Co-writing something is interesting. I always wanted to tell... It, although it feels like it's been done so much recently is a, a really good ghost story. But I feel like it's been done pretty well over the last number of years. It's been a relatively well-mined genre. Um, but it's still something that really fascinates me, because I think we all have a relationship to the paranormal on some level, be it a fear of it or our own personal experiences or friends that have had experiences. Um, And some of my favorite movies are ghost films, um, you know, from The Innocents to, uh, what's that wonderful um, George C. Scott film, uh, The Changeling. Has anyone seen The Changeling? Oh, fuck, it's so good. And The Haunting. Yeah, The Haunting's brilliant. The Orphanage. The Orphanage, yes. So many. Yeah, there's so many, but I'm really drawn to ghost films. Mm. So Um, it might be a, a different take on that. And
1: what about directing? Would you ever want to get into directing? I would
0: directing? love to. I'd What's love stopping you? I feel you? like I don't know,
1: I don't know my, myself. <laughs>
0: my priorities. It. Get it together, Wood. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, it's literally myself. I, I think it's a thing where I need to just prioritize that as I need to start looking for material. and, and Because I would love to. I, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been going to film school for the last 37 years and...
1: And are there any directors... Obviously, you've worked with so many amazing people over the years. Is there anybody you'd like to work
0: with um, to be act- uh, sorry, to be
1: directed by acting?
0: actor? Yeah, a, by yeah. Director, yeah. Um, I think Jeremy Solnier is an extraordinary yes. filmmaker. Has anyone yes. seen Blue Ruin? Y- y'all better be writing these movies yep. down. And his Blue. new one, Green Room. Uh, Green Room is... Amazing. So good. Um... I'm, I'm obsessed with The Witch, Robert Eggers' mm-hmm. films. I'd love Haven't to work... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So I'd love to work with him. I'd love to work with Ben, with Ben Wheatley. Um, has anyone seen Kill List? Sightseers?
1: Sightseers, yeah. Um,
0: so what, what's next for
1: you apart from the Cooties project? What's, what can we look forward to seeing you in?
0: Um, the next thing to come out will be The Last Witch Hunter, which is the kind of action fantasy Vin Diesel movie.
1: When's it out? Is, is there uh, a date for
0: it? It's October 23rd in the States, and it might be the same here. Is it the same? It's the same. Um, and then I did a movie earlier this year with uh, Nicolas Cage called The Trust, which is a, a sort of two-hander heist movie. Uh, we both play cops, but we work in evidence management, like the lowest rung of the cop world. Right. And we seize an opportunity to, uh, we, we find a vault and we, we take this opportunity to perform a heist, but we're not seasoned at that. So um, it's a kind of comedy, drama. It's really great. And the opportunity to work with Nick Cage was such a gift. I, I, How was he I to adore work with? Him. I love him. It's one of my favorite experiences working with another actor. And one of the first times where I've really, truly had many out-of-body experiences whilst working opposite someone. Look, I've been so lucky to work with so many incredible actors, um, both known and unknown. But he's one of these dudes that just sort of got this legendary status for me. And I've always loved his work. And there would just be these moments where we'd, we'd be in the middle of a scene and in my head I'd be like... That's Nick Cage, (laughs) you know? So, like the way he just said that was so Nick Cage. (laughs) So awesome, so awesome. I was just giddy every day, it was so great. And he's brilliant, you know, he's obviously been working for a very long time but has not lost an ounce of vitality. Um, Still so interested, still loves the work. He was on set all the time. He was also super keen to hear about new filmmakers. I'd recommend films to him. And he'd go home on the weekend and watch them and come back on Monday and be like, I watched Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. That was wild, man. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I tried to convince him to go to Fantastic Fest, which he's actually really keen to In do. In disguise. He, wants, he just wants to go. He's like, all right. he's like, I'll stay at the Four Seasons, I'll, and then I'll go and watch movies all day. I was like, yeah, they'll be happy to receive you. <laughs> Uh, so that com- that'll probably come out sometime next year. And then we've got a bunch of films in production. We're making a movie called Bad Vibes, which is like a psychedelic werewolf movie. We're shooting in Austin in January. Um, and then there's a movie that we're doing with Richard Stanley that's a H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, adaptation called um, Color Out of Space. And Richard Stanley is a, a, a crazy, mad genius. He's really wonderful, and I'm so excited to be a part of... Him coming back to, to cinema because it's been a while. So we're going to show
1: you guys another couple of clips from Cooties. You must make sure you check it out when it comes out on DVD. Check it out. It's really Blu-ray. fun.
0: It's you don't have to love horror to love it. It helps, but it's really funny and it's pretty bloody. And Lee l is a revelation in this film. You're gonna love He's it. He's so guys. fucking funny. It's yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We got us. We could we could talk all night. Yeah, we could. And we will be over at the Prince Charles in a Little while. We're going to show Cooties. Is anyone meantime, coming to the screening? Yes, a whole little pocket of little pockets over of, there. Okay, great. So thank you so much. Put your hands together for Mr. Elijah Wood.